Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. God, we know that you're here, that you're with us, um, and we thank you for that. Um, Please continue to be so while we now go into this next um, portion of the service, which your word has brought. I pray that we will um, we will listen with open ears and open hearts, um, that you will move us, that you will change us, and that we will leave this place changed. I pray that in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome again to Morrison Hill Christian Church. If you're here in this building right now, we're so thankful that you're here. If you're joining us online, we're so thankful that you're doing that. It's it's our privilege, our honor, and our our responsibility to help you connect with God and with each other. And that's unconditional. No matter what else is going on in the world and how tired or frustrated or confused or any of us may be, we've got to keep remembering together what is true, what is real what is absolute, what is powerful, what the the world was created to be before it got broken, what Jesus made it possible for it to be restored to be. We've got to remember what he has created us to be because we are the people of the kingdom of God. When we, this whole summer where our theme is others first and as we slowly built through themes that are based around Jesus's prayer that he taught us to pray, Uh, I want to remind you that this is much more than a summer theme. This is not just some lofty sounding words we like to say here. It's got to be the foundation of how we act when we are not here. We remember these truths together here so that that will inform every choice that we make wherever we go. We, we revisit the foundational truths here so that all the details, uh, as we face all the details that all of us are facing different details, as we face those, we face them from the same foundation. Does this make sense? Do you guys hear what I'm telling you this morning? This is what we're doing here together. This is what you guys are doing with us. We are so thankful that you guys have made that a priority and that's happening. As we approach Jesus, he told us that every time we come to God to pray, we should come to God as our heavenly father, to remember that he is the source of our life, he's the source of our identity, he is a loving father, he disciplines us in every sense of the word, he is there for us, he's the ultimate GPS, that's what it means that he's a heavenly father, he always knows exactly what's happening even when we don't. He knows exactly where each of us are, where we're not, where we need to be, how we need to get there. We refocus on him. And if you're like me, you're hearing the Holy Spirit a lot lately saying, recalculating, recalculating. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we see this in our nation. We see this in our hearts. We see this in our church. We see this almost every day with updates about health Uh, We see this all day long, all the time, right? This minute in history, we're hearing all these recalculating, recalculating messages. I hope we're hearing the spirit inside of us saying that. But we come to God and we say, our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. 
We remember together that the purpose of what we're supposed to do in every situation is to do something that actually brings God glory. That we look like the kingdom that he dreamed he was building. That we look like him. And that's exactly what the next line in this prayer is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a lot of cool ideas in the scripture about what the kingdom of heaven is or the kingdom of God. That phrase is used a lot of different ways. One of which is kind of the throne room of God. Wherever it is that God sits and angels report to him and he hears our praise. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how much of that is a metaphor and how much is literal. None of us will know 100% on that until we get to heaven. But there is somewhere where God is enthroned and God is in power and God is hearing our prayers and God is the king. And wherever that physically is, that's the kingdom of heaven. There's the kingdom of heaven where we go when we die. Those of us who are believers, when we're, we throw off this physical stuff and we get to be just the eternal souls that he created us to be. And we get to go to be with him. That's the kingdom of heaven. And in those places, it, the, the, always God's will is done consistently. It's 100% done. But almost everything Jesus said, he spoke about both of those things I just mentioned, but most of the stuff, almost all the stuff Jesus said about the kingdom of heaven, he was talking about the kingdom of heaven that he wanted us to build here. And that's what this prayer is about. That we pray that God's kingdom will come and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is one of those few places in the scripture where it's a little bit hard to misunderstand there's so many ones that are hard to understand. This one's pretty hard to misunderstand. It's so clear. We're supposed to pray as we resync ourselves with God and his will every day. God, we want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we've got to look around. It's, is my life look like God is fully in control? Does my family look like God is fully in control? Does our church look like God is completely in control? Does our nation look like God is completely in control? Does our world look like that? Because we're supposed to be making all of those places look like God's will. You still with me? Because that's the foundation. Now I get to tell you a fun story. And this one actually may, you, you may go, how in the world could this possibly tie in to the kingdom of God? But I hope it'll make sense by the end. Story from Numbers, chapters 22 to 24. It's a story of a guy named Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of sorts. He wasn't somebody, oh, I'm sorry. We never said this out loud together. Let's say this together. This is super important. Thank you very much. The one common thing that all meanings of the phrase, the kingdom of God, has to do with each other is this. God makes the rules. Let's say this together and let's mean it from our hearts. You ready? God makes the rules. One more time. God makes the rules. Wherever that's true, that's the kingdom of heaven. So back to the story. This guy named Balaam, he's not really one of God's prophets. It, he actually is pretty clear from the story that he didn't just consult God for some of his, his ideas and his insights and his power. But he had a reputation for if he put a curse on someone, something bad happened. And if he put a blessing on someone, something good happened. And so as the Israelites were coming toward Moab, the king of Moab was terrified. 
He was terrified for his people. He was terrified for losing his own power. He was terrified just like any king would be. And so here they come and he hires this guy, Balaam, to come and put a curse on them. He believes this is going to work and this is going to help. What he did know is he was trying to curse the people of God. This is a really important thing here. God had made specific promises to Abraham many years ago that any of his descendants, if anyone cursed them, they would be cursed. And if anyone blessed them, they would be blessed. And we've seen that play out many times through history, even when Abraham's descendants were not even trying to follow God. One way or another, God comes back around and helps the Jews and now the spiritual, for the spiritual children of Abraham. God blesses those who bless them, curses those who curse them. Well, Balaam is hired to come and to curse them. And at first he says no because he consults God about it. He goes, oh, wait, that's the people of God. Let me pray to God this time. And he asks God what he's supposed to do. And God says, I don't really want you to go. I'll let you go, but I don't want you to go. Balaam decides to go. And God sends an angel to stop it. Now this story gets really crazy here. I'm telling you, I wouldn't have made this up. If I was trying to convince you that the Bible were true and 100% believable, I wouldn't have made this story up in the first place because, you know, you don't make up stuff and then it'd be true, right? Everybody understands this? But I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put this in the Bible. I, would, ugh, I don't know. But it's in there. And it's true, and I think it has something really powerful to say to us this morning. So here's what happened. Balaam's riding his donkey, and they're riding along. He's got the kind of the entourage of the king of Moab riding around. They're on their way. They just paid him. He's like in this place of honor. And all of a sudden, his donkey just veers off and starts running through a field. And Balaam's embarrassed. He's like, what in the world? And he beats the donkey and gets back on track. What he doesn't know is the donkey saw an angel standing in the road. And he veered off. They go a little bit further. And this time, the angel is standing in a place where the road narrows, kind of like this aisle right here. And so there's a wall over here and a wall over here. And the angel's over here. Well, the donkey knows better now than to get all the way off the road. But he gets as far away from that angel as he can. And he kind of crunches Balaam's ankle against the other wall as he goes by. And once again, Balaam is embarrassed and also hurts. And so he beats the donkey again. Nobody but the donkey is seeing what's actually going on. You're still following the story? They go a little bit further. This time the angel of God stands right in the center of the road, holding a massive sword. And just so you can picture this, this accurately in your imagination, I want to point out something just as an aside that I think is really important. I, I don't think that angels especially in these old Bible stories, look like how we normally picture them. Most of the time we see white dudes with long blonde hair and big wings. The only angels in the Bible that are ever mentioned of having wings are the ones that have like six wings with eyes all over the wings and really freaky stuff like that. They don't look like people with two really beautiful wings that match their bodies. And I seriously doubt that God would send somebody, if he's sending an imposing warrior, why would he send one that looks so completely differently than the people of this Bible story? I don't know what you're picturing in your imagination, but they, this is in the Middle East. And whatever they looked like, they were many shades darker than I am, for sure. I, I, I picture this angel as just this amazingly imposing guy with dark skin, white, shiny clothes that's just scary because he's just so powerful. Does that make sense? 
So you picture this, and and this is what the donkey sees, but nobody else sees it at this point. So this time, though, the donkey knows better than to veer off or to just hug the side of the road, and so it just lays down. And this time, Balaam's had enough. He's not just trying to keep the donkey on track, trying to discipline it, make it a better donkey. He's mad. He starts just beating the thing. And now it gets really crazy. God allows this donkey to talk. And not only that, but Balaam talks right back like this is a normal thing. The donkey says, why have you beaten me these three times? And Balaam says, because you're embarrassing me. If I had a sword instead of a stick, I'd kill you right now. And the donkey says, don't you see the angel? And he goes, what? And then God opens his eyes. Now, I paraphrase a little bit. I told you, Numbers 22 to 24, you should read it. In the actual scriptures yourself, it's amazing. Just like it's written, but I'm trying to tell it quickly today. So here's what happens. Balaam finally sees this angel standing there and he realizes he's in trouble. Now he can not only see the angel, he can hear it. And the angel gives the same warning that God gave him. He says, remember, you can go, but you can only say what God tells you to say or else. So Balaam goes and he ends up in the kingdom of Moab before the king. And the king offers him even more money. And the king threatens him. And he goes through this whole process twice. Because the first time when he gets up there, he he goes up to curse Israel. And God says, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh-uh. And he blesses them instead. And so the king of Moab is furious. And he goes, are you kidding me? Do you know under how much money am I paying? What are you doing? You get one more shot. The second time he gets up there, he's about to curse Israel. Nope. God had told him, you only can bless them. So instead, he blesses them and curses Moab and several other kingdoms at the same time. Because at that moment, as crazy, weird as that story is, at that moment, that was the kingdom of heaven. Do you see? Because God's will was happening right there. God was making the rules. God was the one in control. Balaam was a weird dude. I wouldn't put too much faith in donkeys most of the time. I believe in angels. I don't know that I've ever seen one. There's a lot of, I've got way more questions than answers about this story. But at that moment in time, God was still in control. God was making the rules. Balaam was following them. Everybody else had to follow them whether they liked it or not. And that was the kingdom of heaven. And that's what it looks like most days for us. Most of us are confused. Most of us are more like a a donkey than we'd like to admit. Most of us are more like Balaam and our, our, our hearts are torn in a bunch of different directions, not just to God. Most of us are like the king of Moab and we're, uh, we're scared to lose anything that we've got. We're holding on really tightly to anything that we put our faith in besides God. And sometimes that leads us to make some really stupid mistakes. But whenever, for whatever reason, we surrender to the lordship of God and we say, okay, no, 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 you make the rules, guess what happens? The kingdom of heaven is here. God's will is done on earth like it is in heaven, and God shows up. The psalmist was experiencing a, a similar situation when he wrote this. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely. 
For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. And again, I'm going to derail just slightly. But I don't know what you picture when you picture Jesus. For some reason, we tend to only see white people playing Jesus. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Uh, I know in New Guinea, we used to draw pictures of Jesus as a, as a black person because they were black. And we're, we don't know really what he looked like. So that made sense to us. I hear most of us are white, so kind of makes sense. I, I think if I were in Asia, I'd probably draw him looking kind of Asian, maybe. The truth is, historically, he was in the Middle East, kind of like the angel guy that I described to you, except not imposing. The scripture doesn't even bother to tell us what Jesus looked like, except that he had nothing about him physically that was really that amazing. It was who he was that made him amazing. And that's really the truth that we've got to hold on to. The thing, it doesn't really matter what Jesus looked like. It matters that we look like him. And the way that we look like him is we're supposed to be like him. Whatever we look like on the outside, our hearts are supposed to look like him. The way we treat each other is supposed to look like him. The systems that we create are supposed to look like systems he would create. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in his very nature, God, gave all of that up to save us. Does this sound familiar? This is what Jesus himself was talking about in Matthew 6.33 when he said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I'd like you to say this one out loud with me. God gives us our purpose and our power. One more time. God gives us our purpose and our power. Where does it come from? Oh, that, was, that was an easy one. Let's try that one more time. Where does our purpose and our power come from? Okay, we've got to remember that. I know that's so foundational, but so many times we think it's going to come from a, a preacher. Please don't get your power and your purpose from me. I'm tired. I'm serious. I'm exhausted by all this crazy stuff and trying to help everybody from all these different perspectives, trying to go in a direction toward God. If you're putting all your faith in me, that is a dumb place to put your faith. I need you to pray for me. Are you with me? But if you put your faith in God, you find your purpose in God, that's a good idea. And whatever other cause you're really passionate about right now, whatever other people you're trying to stick up for, please do that if that's something that you're doing in honor of God. If you're fighting for racial reconciliation, if you're fighting for health, or for all the different things that we're trying to do right now in this world today, and that is coming from a place where God is calling you to do that. And I believe in one way or another, he wants all of us to do those things. He just calls us different ways. But if God is calling you to do that, it's great. But remember that your purpose comes from God. The script you're following needs to come from him. And, that, and the reason is because that's who we really are and that's where the real power is. Only God has the power to actually transform us into other kind of people. And that's what we need. None of us is where we need to be. None of us is exactly like we need to be. No system on earth, even the church, is exactly what it needs to be. And the only person who can transform that, actually make the change that it needs to make, is God through us. When his kingdom comes 
on earth as it is in heaven. When we say God makes the rules, our purpose and our power come from him, that's where there's actually a possibility that we could fix some stuff everywhere else. We're called to recruit and serve people who reject God. But it must never be the other way around. That's why I keep coming back to this theme that it comes from God. Because absolutely we've got to reach out and do a better job than we've ever done to reach more people. People that have not been reached. People that we have ignored somehow. We've got to listen to their voices. But we have got to stay the people of God and draw them into that with us. On the other hand, we can't just assume that we're right. We can't always assume that we're righteous and we're just just because we are the people of God. Did you hear what I just said? We, that, that's, a real t- that's a hard thing. That's a really hard thing. But, but we always, everybody thinks they're right. We can't all be right. Okay? See, see this color right here? I'm not sure what to call it. To me, it's some sort of a, a maroonish kind of a color. Okay? But if we start talking about being red or maroon, or we have all these specific names for it, and we got into some argument, and somebody, though, in the argument goes, no, I think it's blue. Okay? There's some space for us to talk about what shade of red this is, but it's not blue. Are you with me? We can't all be right, and we don't have to totally agree on everything. But there's some absolute truth that's out there. And if our argument was what shade of green it is versus whether it's blue or not, we're all missing it. Because it's something like red. Do you you understand? Whether we get it or not, the truth is the truth. And that is so important for us to remember. That's why we've also got to act on it. Paul says, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, to do what pleases him. And you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. Let me pause for just a second. This is Paul writing, and he's describing the last times. And I want you to, just, as you listen this, this first time, I want you to listen and just see if this sounds anything like what we're experiencing right now. You ready? You should know this, Timothy. Then in the last days, there will be very difficult times. You with me? Sound, sound right? Okay, here we go. I'm not going to pause every time because we got a lot to cover yet, and we only got about 10 minutes. So here we go. But people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends Be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. Maybe they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now, if you're like me and every other human being on the earth, your first tendency probably, as I read that, was you're picturing somebody in your head. And it's probably not you. Are you with me? You're going, oh, yeah, I know who that is. I know who that is. I know who that is. And our tendency 
is never to think about, well, what if that's me? I believe, brothers and sisters, that that should always be the first people we assume it might be. As I read these scriptures, as you read these scriptures, we should always go, man, I hope that's not me. Is that me? God, is that me? Spirit, speak to me. Is this me? I'll show you what that looks like. Have you ever left God out of your choices about money? Have you ever been boastful or proud? Have you ever scoffed at God? Either intentionally just said something really nasty about God or to God? Or have you ever said something like, well, I know the Bible says this, but this is what I'm going to do. That's scoffing at God. Have you ever been disobedient or ungrateful? Have you ever not honored something that God considers to be sacred? Or have you honored something that God considers to be sin? Have you ever refused to extend love or forgiveness? Have you tried to make someone else look bad to others? Have you ever rejected something that God calls good? Have you ever chosen pleasure over God himself? Or this last one, it says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Here's what that looks like. Have you ever said, well, I think as long as, as, long as everybody's a good person, that's acting religious, but denying the power that could actually make us godly. Because only God has the power and the correct purposes that can actually transform us and make us godly no matter what direction we're coming from and how we've messed up and what other lies we believed and mixed in with the truths that we also believe you still with me is this making sense first thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 says for we speak as messengers approved by god to be entrusted with the good news our purpose is to please god not people he alone examines the motives of our hearts don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And once again, I implore you, do not in this crazy time, no matter where you are and what you're, at, what you're doing today and where you're, where you're coming from this morning emotionally and spiritually and otherwise, don't stop listening to everyone. Don't stop respecting everyone listen and respect other people's feelings listen to their ideas about the facts learn some facts that maybe you don't know keep listening to that but at the same time listen don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies because right now honestly a lot of the the most powerful transformative truths being spoken are not being spoken by the church some of the things that we need to be talking about the church isn't talking about we're hearing it from other sources. And they're coming out from a completely different worldview. And it's so important that we come in and we say, no, this is it. And we're not just talking about it. We're living it. We're making daily changes that are going to fix this stuff. Or at least try. Because here's who we are. Let's say this out loud together. We are the friends and the family of the king. One more time. We are the friends and the family of the king. Paul writes, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. And then whether I come and see you again or only hear you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, 
Fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. One more thing to say out loud together right now. Here we go. We must keep building his kingdom together. One more time. We must keep building his kingdom together. Psalm 10 verse 16 says, The Lord is king forever and ever. The godless nations will vanish from the land. Let me read that one more time. And remember that the word nations throughout the scripture, it doesn't necessarily just mean nations like countries, like America. It includes that. It means every distinct group of people. Every people who say, this is us. This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we say. These are the things we allow. These are things we don't allow. This is us. And everybody else is them. That's a nation. The Lord is king forever and ever. The godless nations will vanish from the land. That's why it's so important that we don't ever settle for some sort of a model of God's kingdom that we made up ourselves. That we keep coming back every single day and resyncing ourselves with our heavenly Father, resyncing ourselves with His word, resyncing him ourselves with His people. Because we've got to stay on track. We've got to say, because all the godless nations will vanish. Only the people of God will stay. See, God makes the rules. That's true whether we like it or not. The kingdom of heaven is where people like it. The kingdom of heaven where people go, you know what? I'm down with that. I will do that. They find their unity. They find their purpose in God makes the rules. Not in we all think this or we all think that, or we don't agree with this other thing, but we all believe that God makes the rules. And that goes for every single issue ever. Don't be like the king of Moab. Be careful. Be careful. Because the king of Moab tried to curse God's people. And there are a lot of voices out there right now cursing God's people. There are a lot of voices out there right now that are calling us to do the same. And listen, please listen, please understand what I'm telling you. If they're telling the truth, somewhere in the middle of that is there a truth. There's something we as God's people aren't noticing about ourselves. We've got to listen to that. We've got to, we've got to pay attention. But don't get sucked into cursing God's people. Don't throw out the kingdom of heaven because somebody in the kingdom of heaven doesn't look like Jesus. Don't throw out what is true and what is real. If you're having trouble in your marriage right now, that doesn't mean that marriage is a bad idea. If you're having trouble at work right now, that doesn't mean having a job is a bad idea. If you're not 100% happy with how America looks right now, that doesn't mean that America is a bad idea. If America has done a wonderful job or a terrible job, and most of the time, honestly, it's been terrible. But either way, if America is doing a certain kind of job at making everybody equal, most of the time a bad one, let's be honest, throughout history. That doesn't mean that the idea of having a country for equality, designed for equality, designed around a democracy slash republic where the people get to vote who gets to control them and then hold them accountable and everybody is equal by law. That's the idea. That's still a good idea. Don't throw out America just because America isn't getting it right. Help America get it right. You know who can help America get it right? people of God. 
Because no matter how messed up it is and how crazy it is and how wrong and how sinful and how racist or broken or scientifically uninformed or whatever else is going on, it can be the kingdom of God when we unite around this. God makes the rules. Do you guys hear me? Is this making sense? God gives us our purpose and our power. We need to take action. That donkey was just a donkey. <laughs> That's it. But God let him talk. God gave him open eyes to see an angel. He was seeing more than anybody else. All the human beings around him couldn't see what he could see. Don't get pride. Don't get proud when God lets you see something somebody else says it yet see. But you know what was awesome about this donkey? He took action. He didn't just look at that angel and go, I'm the only one who sees that. Look, man, I am so much wiser than all these fools. I'm going to post that on Facebook. I see stuff nobody else sees. He took action to save the person that he loved. Be the donkey. Sometimes we can be a little bit like Balaam as well. we got to be careful that when God, we listen to God. That we change our ideas on the fly if necessary. That we get halfway through the journey and then derail. That we say yes and then we to somebody and then we go, oh, oops, no, sorry. I'll try. Yes, I'll do what you say. No, I, I can't actually because I just heard from God and God says something different and I got to go with him. Sometimes we got to do that. And sometimes because we, we're all fallible. We're going to hear that recalculating message in real time at an almost daily, almost minute by minute kind of a situation. We must keep building his kingdom together. And everybody's invited to that party. Every single person. And whenever God's kingdom looks like maybe not everybody's invited, that's wrong and that's sin. And whenever it looks like it is, it's good and it's just. Don't throw out the church if we've ever done anything wrong. Be the church that gets it right. Do you understand? Don't throw out the idea of being a Christian nation, a Christian church, a Christian group of families and friends who love God because we've gotten it wrong. Admit we got it wrong. Listen. Hear it. Feel it. Grieve. Mourn. Wail. Change your your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Do what you got to do to change, but be, be what God called us to be. Don't give up. Guys, I'm tired too. But don't give up. We are the kingdom of heaven. God rules whether we like it or not, and we're the ones who like it. We are like the angel that God sent in this story, whether we like it or not. Whether we do a good job or not, we're the ones who are there to get things back on track. Are we going to do a good job or a bad job? That's the choice that we have before us. And to do that, we've got to unite around our Heavenly Father every single day. And we've got to take action on what He tells us to do. In a second, we're going to stand and we're going to sing together. And as we do that, I would love for you to make a choice in the direction of completely syncing yourself up with Jesus. If you've never totally done that in your life, and there's never been a spot in your life where you've never given him 100%, I implore you to come to him today, get baptized, give your whole life to him today. 
If you've been walking away, if there's something that you've been holding on to, something that he wants you to let go and you won't let it go, something that you are refusing to do that you know is the right thing, I, I encourage you to either pray with our prayer groups that meet at the back or come forward and pray. Make a decision. Make it public if you want to, but make it. We've got to be the kingdom of heaven. We've got to let God's kingdom on earth look like his kingdom above. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.